Welcome to the journey through Luke and Acts, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's Word. Each reading will help you understand the context and meaning of this first century text and reveal how it can shape our lives today. Together, we'll journey through the life and ministry of Jesus, as well as the formative years of the early church. Let's get started with today's reading. Day 2, Luke chapter 1, verse 57 through chapter 2, verse 40. The True Savior of the World When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, 
keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. 
I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. The birth story of Jesus begins with a reference to Caesar Augustus. This is the only time Augustus is mentioned in the Bible. However, he was well known outside of Scripture as the first and perhaps the most accomplished Roman emperor ever. During his reign, he nearly doubled the size of the Roman Empire. He also built up a great system of roads. Most notably, he established a legacy of peace known as Pax Romana throughout an empire that had mostly known war and turmoil. Over the course of his reign, all of his success led people from around the Roman Empire to view Augustus as more than just an emperor. They believed that he couldn't have been just an ordinary man and he must have been a god. One particular inscription, written a few years before Jesus' birth, actually referred to him as a god and savior who brought peace and whose birth brought about good news for the world. It's probably not a coincidence, then, that the angels used the same vocabulary to describe Jesus in his birth story. God wanted to make it clear that the true savior of the world couldn't be found in a palace in Rome. He would be found in a humble manger in Bethlehem. Though Caesar may have established a temporary period of peace throughout the land, only Jesus could establish eternal peace with God. Reflection Questions The Jewish people long awaited the coming of a Messiah, which is why Jesus' birth was so exciting to those who heard of it. Why were they so excited? What did they expect? What do you think the people were hoping the Messiah would bring? In Luke chapter 2, verse 19, amidst the excitement and anticipation, the text says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. What do you think this means? Surely she had uncertainty and fear. In Luke chapter 2, verse 51, we see another situation in which Mary treasured these things in her heart, again amidst fear and uncertainty. What uncertainties are you facing? What would it look like for you to treasure and ponder amidst the unknown? Thank you for joining us today for the journey through Luke and Acts. Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag WillowJourney. If you have questions or want to visit a Willow Creek location on a weekend, check out willowcreek.org.